You're listening to DA Rockstar's podcast, a podcast for dental assistants. I'm your host, Rhonda Holman. I've been a dental assistant for 20 years and I've learned a thing or two along the way. And here's what I've learned. We have to band together to share our pearls so that we can all grow and achieve rockstar status. Thanks for tuning in to another episode, guys. This week, I have Lindsay Bree Lee on the show. Now, she is the director of social network at Dental Peeps Network. She, I'm sure you guys have seen her name around. Here's the coolest part. Lindsay is a registered dental hygienist. And she reached out to the show and said, hey, you know what? I see a lot of dental assistants out there that really are uh, interested in going to hygiene school. I'd really like to be the devil's advocate. Let's talk about the pros and the cons. If you're on the fence and you think you want to be a dental hygienist, why do you really want to be a dental hygienist? Like, what's your end game? Lindsay is brilliant. She has a great story to share. She was a dental assistant, turns dental hygienist, and uh, she kind of walks us through her story and, and gives us a little bit more food for thought so that if you are making your decision to become a dental hygienist off of the income only factor. This is a really, uh, this episode's for you, really. It's it's something that you need to listen to and find out, are you going to be happy if you make that transition? And if you don't make that transition, are you not going to be happy? Today's episode is powered by Zen Supplies. It's the next generation of purchasing dental supplies on an online platform where all of the products from any distributor are in one place. You get to compare prices and products and have complete confidence in your distributor and your ability to monitor all of your supplies and your purchases, right? It's never having to feel that feeling of running out of supplies and you get to minimize the time that it takes for you to do your orders. This way you can focus on the million other things that dental assisting jobs come with. If you guys want to learn more about Zen Supplies, visit www.zensupplies.com. Well, hi guys, welcome back to the show. I am so excited. This is, this is a must listen podcast, okay? I've got Lindsay Bree Leon, and she is going to tell us the pros and cons to going from dental assisting to being a hygienist. Oh. Uh, Lindsay, can you go ahead and tell the audience a little bit about yourself and your background story? Definitely. So um, I am a dental hygienist currently. I actually started in the dental profession as a dental hygiene assistant, worked my way up to dental assistant, and then went back to dental hygiene school. I actually did that um, with two small children and no family support at the time. So I can tell you firsthand, it's not an easy road. <laughs> and um, currently, I actually work with the Dental Peeps Network, and we have social media network. Um, we have groups all over the United States, um, about 200 groups worldwide, and then we do staffing with OnDM, um, our staffing partner. And now I travel around and I go to dental assisting schools and hygiene schools and dental schools, and I talk to students all the time about um, opportunities for them and their profession for temping and um, jobs and otherwise, and just networking and professional development and some of the cool things we do over at the Dental Peeps Network. And I get these questions all the time when I go visit the dental assisting schools is, should I go back to hygiene school? Or I'm thinking about becoming a hygienist, tell me more. And so I was listening to this podcast and I was like, wow, this audience would be just the 
perfect audience to get to talk to about some of the pros and cons of being an assistant versus being a hygienist and that road of going back to school because it's not always an easy one, as I mentioned. So um, one of the things for me is I chose to do it um, primarily for financial reasons. I feel like that's um, kind of a big motivator for a lot of people that choose to go back to hygiene school is they're really, um, you know, they're really excited about dentistry. They love dentistry, but they are wanting to make um, a higher income than what they currently make as a dental assistant or um, plan to make as a dental assistant right out of school. And I think sometimes that that, that pay or that dollar amount kind of gets in the way of some of the other things um, in the profession. And it's not a broad view either, because a lot of times dental assistants have better access to things like healthcare benefits, 401k, um, profit sharing, bonuses, things like that. And when they see that hygiene pay, they think that it's um, a lot higher because it is a higher dollar amount. But a lot of times hygiene doesn't always include some of those things that I mentioned. Um, it's not uncommon that a hygienist would receive very little as far as um, sick time. Um, there's almost never any overtime. Most hygiene jobs are part-time. Um, Full-time is typically um, 32 hours a week, which in most professions would be very weird to consider that full-time, but in dentistry that, as we know, is yeah. full-time. Well, the problem with the 32 hours a week is it doesn't qualify in a lot of the, the benefits packages as full-time. It does not. <laughs> it's it's a very weird conundrum that we run into in dentistry, and so it's you know it's typically um, a high a high rate of pay, but there's very little benefits. So when you look at your overall compensation package of everything, your medical benefits, your dental benefits, your four hundred one k time off, all that kind of stuff combined, vacation time, you really. Um, have to factor all of that in. So sometimes making a lower rate of pay with all those benefits equals a higher compensation package. And so it's really important that especially the new grads really look at that and um, kind of crunch some numbers before they go out and um, start applying for jobs because you really, it, you need to know what to ask for for an overall compensation package. Yeah. And and I think that's a really important thing um, for people to realize is that hygienists do make more, but it's not necessarily always that much higher when you factor in that total compensation package because you do see more offices um, offering more favorable um, benefits to assistants than to hygienists just in, in our industry at large. And so that is one factor. And then the other factor you have to look at is student loans, you guys, <laughs> it ain't <free. laughs> they can be unreal. They can. And I mean, if you get on any of these forums, you know, I mean, we're, I, I see all the posts all the time on the dental hygiene forums, the, the dental peeps network and, and the student loan discussions just blow up every single time. These hygienists talking about how much they pay for um, how much they pay for their student loan payments and how they wish they could be done with their student loan payments. And so it's a lot to consider. Most dental assisting schools, I know that, you know, people walk out with some loans, but the, the cost for the hygiene schools does go up quite a nice 
little chunk there. <laughs> so what is what is like the average range of cost? I mean, I, see, here's the thing with the hygiene, right? It could be a two-year program or four-year program, but what's like the, you know, the low to high it ratio can, of what you're- It can vary quite a lot because there are some community college programs um, that are much less expensive. And then there's also parts of the country where it is um, less expensive. And then there are areas where it is is quite pricey. So I'm in the Kansas City area. And just in my area alone, we have anywhere from a $15,000 program to a $60,000 program. So quite a bit of variation just in this area alone. Um, and I know, you know, that's just based on my cost of living here. So I know different parts of the country that can be quite a span. Um, and then hygiene pay is, it's going to vary a lot based on what part of the country you are, just like dental assisting pay. Um, supply and demand goes into it. If there's um, five hygiene schools in your area and it's super saturated, the pay is going to be a little bit lower than um, maybe somewhere where it's in super high demand and they have sign-on bonuses and really want to do anything they can to make sure they have a full staff. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of variation there, but it is typically quite a bit more expensive than dental assisting school. And one of the things I typically recommend to people is unless you have a way to have really good support, a plan to pay down loans quickly or not take out loans, it's something you should really, really think about. And that's with any college education. Um, just because myself personally, having put myself through school with small children, I got in over my head with loans. And like a lot of hygienists have done, <laughs> And yep. there's nothing worse than graduating, waiting weeks for your um, license to come to finally start working only to realize this career that you thought, oh, I was, this is going to be a cakewalk. I was only going to have to work part-time. Uh, now I need to work like six days a week <laughs> to pay my bills and my student loans. Yeah. Oh, yikes. Okay. So here's a good idea or a good question. So yeah. let's say I was comparing, um, you know, like as far as pretend I'm a dentist and I'm looking at two hygienists for a position. Does it matter whether or not you are a two-year or four-year grad? Do they look so at for, that or do they just look at RDH? So for a clinical position, there is absolutely no difference as far as what a hygienist can do for a bachelor's degree program or an associate's degree program. There's absolutely no difference. There is a difference in the education. There is a, um, you know, a bit more that goes into getting your bachelor's degrees. And I have my bachelor's degree. I won't discredit that at all. Um, and it does, um, it does help you out as far as your entire career. But as far as working clinically, there's typically not a big difference in pay. Some dentists are a little bit preferential as far as hiring but many are not at all. Um, so it's one of those things where it, having your bachelor's opens up more opportunities outside of clinical practice. Like you wanted to go teach or... Correct, or yes. So I have more opportunities outside of that. And then let's say for some reason I had both my hands injured and was no longer able to practice, I would have my bachelor's degree already and could transition to possibly another profession with already having my bachelor's degree, but having a bachelor's degree in anything else would give me that same opportunity. So one of the main differences really would just be teaching and some sales positions. There's not a lot of other, and maybe I'm missing some, so I would love if people comment and if there is, but, um, I believe teaching and, um, 
some sales positions is really about all within um, oh, and some speaking maybe to give your, you know, if you have a little bit more credentialed, but really other than that, within the profession of the dentistry, it doesn't make a huge difference whether you are an assistant, a hygienist with an associate's level degree or hygienist with a bachelor's degree um, or higher as far as your clinical opportunities, the associate bachelor's thing makes almost no difference. Good to know. So here's the thing, you know, I, I, I interact with a lot of dental assistants that want to go to hygiene school. And, uh, you know, I, I myself thought, okay, so I was in the military and I did two years as a profi tech. So I was, a, I was cavitroning, I was um, recording measurements, I was doing, you know, a little bit, uh, actually quite a lot of subgingival work. And uh, when I got out of the military, they're like, uh, you can't do that. I'm like, well, well why? why? <laughs> like, all I can do is coronal polish? Really? <laughs> Those darn practice so That was a huge <laughs> I, And you know, there's a lot of dental assistants that were military trained like me, and they, they come out to the real world. They're like, whoa, okay. And then you know, <laughs> I thought, well, okay, well, I've, I've been cleaning teeth for two years. I'm like, I should totally go to hygiene school. But I tried to do the placement test, and of course, the two times I did it, I, I didn't know how long it took for five apples to get from New York to Chicago, so I didn't, I didn't make it in. <laughs> you mean if a train leaves from point A to point B? Yeah, no, I... relevant to hygiene school? Um, I, I mean, not, there's a running... Yeah, a, you're supposed to be a dental assistant, not a hygienist. It's <laughs> a running joke with us hygienists that you you only need to count to 32. <laughs> so yeah. it, you really don't need a lot of that math once you actually get into the profession. It's kind of ironic. But um, hygiene school is, it is a very um, intensive program and it's, it's um, it can be very challenging for me, I was always the type of student that never really, never really studied. School came pretty easily to me. And then hygiene school, I kind of had a rough time just because of the sheer amount of work. Um, for somebody who never really had to study and plan ahead, it was just the amount of reading and assignments. It, it's quite a lot. So if you're not someone who really loves school, it's not for the faint of heart. Hygiene is very um, subjective at times as well. You have people grading you where one professor says you're doing a fantastic job and another comes over and tells you you're terrible and should just give up. <laughs> like, wait, they just said I was doing great. Now you're saying I'm doing terrible. You, you will live in a constant state of confusion for two years. Just trust me. <laughs> and it's, it's, um, it's intensive because like I always think of like hygienist uh, to the dentist, like nurse practitioners to the medical provider. Like it is a very similar role. If you, yeah, if you had to mirror them, like you're, you know, you're not allowed to diagnose, but you're allowed to point stuff out. And like, so there's like this weird fine line to what your education is versus what you're allowed to do in the, in, in, in the practice. Very true. Um, a patient can come in and say, I have a cavity and they may have a giant hole in their tooth and we're going, well, it, it does look like maybe I suppose it could possibly be. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because well, like with different doctors too, a lot of them, they want you to triage treatment for them. They want you to do correct. all of this communication with the patient. And then there's other doctors who are like, don't no. sit outside your box. No, no, no. <laughs> and it's very much the same with assistance as well. It really, uh, there's a lot of variation on how dentists utilize their auxiliaries. And even from 
within the same state, the same county, the same city, I mean, one dental practice to another may be night and day on how they approach that. Some, if you aren't pre-diagnosing everything for them, they, they really are like, why? What's wrong? <laughs> why are you not doing this? And then others, yeah, they stay in your lane. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's the same battles that assistants face pretty much. It's <laughs> Very much so is, yes, we run into that. And it, it always cracks me up. I think back to the, the picture, the meme or whatever I've seen online of the, um, it's an x-ray of a hand and the bones are all twisted and broken. And it's uh, the radiologist saying, um, you know, the patient, is this broken? And the radiologist saying, I'm not allowed to say. <laughs> like, oh, yes, no, that's, yeah. that's broken. Anyone there's, can tell that that's broken. Graphic influence but you know it, yeah you need to hear it or there I don't you know I don't know <laughs> <laughs> right we'll wait on the doctor so we do run into that quite a bit and and I will say with um dental assisting and with dental hygiene the pace can be quite different so the pace of work is quite a bit different with dental assisting you tend to have a greater variety in the procedures that you perform so that is one thing that um, most assistants turned hygienists that I have spoken with really miss is the variety. Right. Um, hygiene, you tend to do a lot of repetition, repetition, repetition. You're like, clean between your teeth, clean between your teeth, clean between your teeth. All right. And then let's profi and then clean between your teeth. Let's profi. I mean, it's literally, it, it, it's eight patients to 10 patients a day of the same, 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 same versus assisting where you're like, okay, we're going to do a crown prep. We're going to do some fillings. We're going to do some endo. We're going to do an extraction. We're going to do all on four hybrid. We're going to do, you know, we're going to coordinate some things with the lab. We're going to, I mean, it's just a lot more variety than what you get as a hygienist. And so going from all that different variety and challenging your brain to doing one repetitive thing over and over and over, it, it can become a little monotonous. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Well, and that too, and like I've seen over the last couple of decades, hygienists have taken on way more responsibilities than they used to have. Yes. With technology, you guys are in charge of all the intraoral photos, you are doing the CBCTs, you guys yes. are doing the full mouth. Lucky you have a rat and or your hygiene assistant. Um, you know what the rat is, right? I'm, yes, I'm yes. Little, okay. <laughs> I was the like, little not the to help you probe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you guys and, and, and doing these comprehensive treatment plans, like, I just, I don't know how you have enough minutes in that hour. Like thinking it, about all of the different things you guys are responsible for now too, stresses me out. <laughs> it, it becomes a lot. And now more and more offices want you to take impressions or scan for night guards or um, bleach trays. They want these comprehensive treatment plans written up. They want intraoral photos. Sometimes they want um, like diagnodent or um, intraoral camera scans to scan for caries. Um, they want um, ortho photos. I mean, it can, it can really be quite a lot that's expected within that hour, sometimes 45 minutes. Um, it, it, can be <laughs> it can be rather stressful. I mean, you always feel like you're battling the clock. I think I can speak for most hygienists when I say that um, – most of us don't have time for a drink of water or a potty break. <laughs> yeah. And I know that there are assistants out there fighting that same battle. I remember as an assistant, there were days when that would happen too. <laughs> but I do feel like as an assistant, there's typically 
um, a little bit more, a little bit more of a teamwork approach. Like these are our patients versus yeah. this is my patient. Yeah. You can delegate a little bit more with these. Where, whereas, yeah, as an assistant, you know, if you tell the doctor, Hey, you know, I'm going to seat this patient and then I need you to run potty. You know, typically their understanding of that. Whereas a hygienist, you just have to try try to go when you can go and then try to make up time later because your schedule is so tight for time that there really is no good time. <laughs> yeah, and what, what I've noticed too with hygienists is like a lot of you guys are perfectionists, right? And so yes. the hardest part is you're trying to get X, Y, and Z done for the records, for the charting, for the treatment planning. And then you feel like you, instead of saying, let's reschedule you to finish your debridement or let's Let's in, instead of saying let's reschedule you to you know because you're just worried that the patient's not going to be accepting of it, you just try and cram it in. Hopefully that you you know don't compromise your integrity and get it done just to be a people pleaser. But well, sometimes that pressure to get it done does come from the dental practice as well because yeah. in dentistry we're paid for procedures completed. We're not paid for our time to sit and educate these patients. So there's a lot of pressure. Um, for production, a lot of pressure from a lot of times um, admin staff or sometimes owners, dentists, whoever that might be. Sometimes there's a lot of financial pressure um, on them to make sure that we are performing a procedure that day, whatever that procedure may be. And so as hygienists, sometimes we do feel compromised as far as, okay, we have to try to cram all of this in and we have to do this procedure. <laughs> so, yeah. It, it can be quite a lot. Whereas in dentistry, sometimes it's, it's a little, or as an assistant, sometimes it's a little easier because if the doctor who's also oftentimes the owner doesn't want to do the procedure, then y'all don't do the procedure. Yeah. That's we have an it. out. <laughs> yeah. That's just it. If it. You know, if the doctor says, okay, this patient, you know, can't handle this, let's refer them somewhere else or, um, yep, let's refer them to be sedated or yep let's refer them to the perio. You guys kind of have that out. Whereas we have to, a lot of times advocate for why we need more time or advocate for why we need to refer somebody, um, versus you guys kind of have that out. Like you said. <laughs> yep. Well, so, okay. So let's say, um, had you not gone down the hygiene path, you know, let's say yeah. that someone said, okay, let's have a come to Jesus meeting. Here's what you're going to owe. <laughs> Here's the job right? opportunities. Here's how long it's going to take to pay off student debt. Um, here is your career path. Would you do things differently or do you, I mean, what would you give that advice to somebody who's on the fence? So I would definitely do have done things differently. And I, and I say that it's a tough decision because I love hygiene. I love what I do. And I absolutely loved my education. I mean, I'm so thankful for the education that I received. So it's, it's a tough call, but I will say that I would have gone a different path. Um, what I probably would have done knowing everything that I know now is I would have pursued um, a bachelor's in some other health profession or in business. And then I would have really developed my dental career the same as I'm doing now, all these years later. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of one of those things you can, you have a lot of opportunity outside of clinical practice in dentistry. And a lot of us, um, especially hygienists, the average time I read somewhere for burnout was five years. That oh. is insanely short, five years. You're already feeling pain in your body. I mean, I'm in my thirties and I do feel pain when I do too many days of hygiene. 
And there are a lot of other hygienists feeling that same way from all the repetitive motion injuries, from the ergonomics, the posture, terrible equipment, terrible instruments, whatever the case may be. And it does start to take its toll on your health. And then um, I'm sure my bladder is like a deflated beach ball by now after 14 years. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know what it looks like. I don't want to know. <laughs> well, you know, I've actually worked with uh, two hygienists in my career that have had neck fusions. Um, yes. I'm like, that's Cuddle, way too tunnel, common. Like that's neck fusions. Yeah. Hip, lower back pain. It's, it really does take its toll on your body. And so a lot of hygienists after a couple of years, they start to, you know, start to look at the big picture and they're thinking, okay, in order to do you know, stay in this profession, I've got to do something on the side to earn some money so that I can cut hygiene down to part-time so it doesn't take its toll on my body so much. And I see hygienists doing um, different sales jobs on the sides, different odds and ends jobs on the side, anything that they can do to reduce down to part-time. Um, I see some that are bionic. They're amazing people. I've got to give them a round of applause. Like the people that work for 35 years oh. clinically as hygienists. I just, I am amazed every time I hear those stories. I'm like, wow, like <laughs> when your tum is nails. I just yeah. love it. <laughs> they got their saddle chair right out of school. I don't oh, know what the it armrest. is, but like, I've, got the, <laughs> yeah, right? I've got the loops and I've got the yep. saddle chair and everything. And I'm like, okay, and my body still hurts what's going on here. But it's amazing when I hear those stories. I'm always impressed. But I will say that, you know, there are hygienists that they really, after just a few years in hygiene, are already starting to look for things outside of the operatory. And in dentistry, a lot of us, our mindset really is you go to school, you get a good job and you work your good job. And then, you know, if you want to make more money, you go back to more school. And I think really for me, that was the, neither one of my parents went to college. So that was really the mindset that was drilled into me was, you know, you can do better. You can go to college. And, you know, I was the first out of my family to graduate college and graduate hygiene school was a big deal. And, and so that was very much my mindset was, oh, well, you know, I'm an assistant. I can go back to more school. I'll make more money. It'll be great. I'll have a great career. And to a degree, that's true. But then there's also all of this other um, layer of it that I really didn't understand at the time was there's so much you can do to develop yourself professionally and personally on a whole nother level where you can learn all about all these other opportunities within our profession. And you don't have to be a hygienist to do those things. You can be a dental assistant. You can be um, you can be a front desk person, whatever. I don't want to call them the wrong thing. I know that's a big... Administrative <laughs> personnel. Yeah, it's hard. We all have different names. I'm the back Yes, front office staff, back office staff, whatever you want to call everybody within the dental field. But you can be really any um, any position within dentistry with some experience in dentistry whether you have a degree or not, and you can look into some of these other things. Some of them could be things like um, teaching. Not all teaching positions require a lot of education. Um, there, are, there are shorter introductory dental assisting programs in many states where they're, you know, six to 10 week programs where they need somebody who's good at teaching anatomy and say you're a pro at anatomy, or let's say you're great at impressions. You can go down there a couple Saturdays a month and teach impressions. Um, and some of the clinical aspects, maybe you aren't the textbook style teacher. Um, there's 
speaking. And really that's something that anyone can develop. There's podcasting, you know, there's always that. (laughs) (laughs) Stay in your lane, stay in your lane. (laughs) I welcome, like Kevin Henry says, competition is good because we all see things from a different angle and we all have our own pearls to share. And some of us learn ways. Like the whole goal is to, to, to find that podcast or that continued education source. Like I love yes. fear. Like they, they've it's lined it up. Giant I mean, oh, they, it's just, it's yes. so edible, like in these tiny bite-sized <laughs> chunks and they use real words instead of, you know, like Gary DeWood, have you heard him speak by any chance? Yes. Okay. He's like, let's talk about braces. Let's put the teeth in the right spot. <gasps> Why can't everybody talk like that? right? It's just so simple. I love it. Well, it's like, it would be like not having another television show because there's already a television show. Everyone's going to have what works for them and what jives with them. And so, um, you know, and then listening to podcasts, reading, um, engaging in social media networks um, with dental professionals, engaging in local CEs. These are great ways to develop yourself professionally outside of your clinical practice, because we all know you can take an amazing impression and that you're great with patients with anxiety. But as a professional, how are you developing yourself is really a big key component. And I think these opportunities like speaking and podcasting and writing, I mean, writing, who can't write down what their day was like or something funny about their day. And the more you do it, the more you start to develop your ability to write these stories. It's not a complicated process. Some people are more factual writers and some are more fun writers and that's okay. We need a good mix of all of that. And there are companies out there willing to pay for these things. (laughs) These are are skills. Yes. Yes. And, you know, no, you don't have to be like the, you know, grammar Nazi type of person to do that. You just find someone who's willing to help you, um, you know, proofread. You develop the content. Let them do the proofreading. If you're not good at that part, that's fine. Tell them your funny stories about your day or your patients or obviously, you know, don't include names, but (laughs) 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 whatever it may be, but you know, we all have our things we could write about. Um, you know, like just for me, I could write about the challenging challenges of going to dental hygiene school with small children or whatever your story, you know, write about your story. Everyone's got a story to be told. Uh, speak about your story. I, I know people who speak about um, Alzheimer's because they had a family member affected, or I know people who, you know, they speak about oral cancer because they had a loved one affected. I mean, just things like that that are near and dear to you is kind of what makes that, I mean, really a special thing. The passion behind it. Yeah. 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 It gives some meaning and some passion into it. And that's something easy to do. And so for me, like, I love the, um, I love the networking and the social media side of things. And so that's what I'm a big part of with the dental beeps, because that's what I'm passionate about is bringing together these professionals because in dentistry, we work in silos. We're in, we're just all so separate. And I love bringing the dental profession together because I believe what we can do together when we complete each other and don't try to compete yes. is just phenomenal. I love that. We are, <laughs> yes, I mean, we as a profession are able to do so much more and to be so much more when we work together. It's not a competition about who did more fillings or who got more new patients. It's not a competition about who made more money that year. It's how many lives did you impact? 
And so in dentistry, we really have that ability to really impact lives and people's health. And there's so much now with, with airway and there's so much now with the education and everything that we're learning about that in dentistry can really transform people's health and their lives. And so to me to just sit there and just do dentistry every day and never talk to another human is just insane. So (laughs) I think that we've got to do this thing together. We've got to really uplift each other and try to develop each other and challenge each other in a professional manner. And so that's why I love what I do. And that was something that, you know, honestly, I could do as an assistant or a hygienist. I just didn't know that at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Your your drive was there, but your, your radar, you, you weren't, you know, it just I hadn't wasn't found my <laughs> I hadn't found my niche and my passion yet. You know, I really hadn't found myself in my profession yet. I just was I just was doing the work to do the work and to make the money and that was it. And so now that I know that there's all these opportunities, um, it's amazing to me that, you know, I see assistants who go and they become a trainer for SARAC or um, you know, assistants who become um admin and they manage several dental practices or insurance coordinators or, um, or speakers or writers or all these different things. It's, it's phenomenal to me. Oh, hang on. The the, the wild thing is, so, um, when you, you said you had small children, right? So how did, how did that work with being a hygienist? Well, so as a, you know, as a dental assistant, I worked and I had um, my children in childcare and I went back to school. My kids at the time were three and five. And so I drove about an hour each, each way to hygiene school to and from. So I had them in before school and after school for the five-year-old and then all day care for the three-year-old. And I was constantly just you know, rushing to get to school and rushing to get home. So that was quite a bit of stress. And, um, you know, dentistry in, in whole is really not the most mom friendly sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, it's not a very flexible career whenever you're dealing with patients, just because when you have a patient in that chair, that patient equals, you know, production for that practice. And so if there's no patient, then there's no production. Well, if you have to cancel your entire day because your child is sick or because, um, you know, you don't have childcare or whatever, you have employers who will look at that as a negative thing. Um, Of course, they're not legally supposed to ask whether or not you have children, but many of them will hint or ask questions (laughs) that, um, try to get around that as best they can. Some will still downright ask, which is amazing to me. Uh, it's out there. Um, and, and really I thought, um, truly that hygiene would be a more flexible career because I did work at one practice, um, when I was a hygiene assistant where the hygienist was able to, uh, take off and get a temp quite easily. And I'm starting to see that trend pick up more now. So that is one thing I really, really love about um, what I'm doing with On Diem is because the goal is to help transform dentistry into a more flexible career path. Because user most- friendly. <laughs> yes, yes. technology. Well, Let's make it user friendly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, you think about it. I mean majority of, sorry guys, but the majority of dental assistants and dental hygienists are female. And 
it's a, it's over half, I believe now of dentists are female. So it's a very female dominant profession. And so when you look at that and you look at the age ranges and that it's predominantly female, you got to also remember that there's a large number of moms, <laughs> very large number of moms in our profession. And so, you know, having flexibility to be able to, you know, temp a couple days a week and earn benefits on your own schedule is really one of the things that once I started feeling that burnout, it really gave me that open door to be able to have more flexibility to start exploring things in my career. Because before I was so locked into a schedule, that's all I could do. Just go to work, come home, go to work, come home, spend time with the family, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it was not flexible if I needed a day off or if I needed um, you know, if a, a kid was sick or let's say I just wanted to go to the spelling bee, you know, <laughs> something simple like that. Like, no, my kid's not sick, but I really just, you know, they're in the spelling bee and I really want to go. I couldn't just take off for that. Whereas temping, I could really build my schedule around my life instead of the other way around. And that was just um, a whole new level of freedom for me. And that was when I was really able to start exploring into my profession more. And it gave me a lot of opportunity and a lot and you of had time too to self, um, develop yes. yourself, right? Like it, yes, because you weren't overwhelmed with eight to 10 patients a day and you, yes. and, and a lot of people are driven to the dental field in particular because of the four day work week that we typically have. Yes. But if yes. those four days are balls to the wall where you literally miss out on almost everything and then right. the three days, yeah, you do get to catch up with your family, but is the sacrifice worth the, the balance? Yeah. It's hard. And you well, gotta have and more you balance. Work, <laughs> and say you work Monday through Thursday. What if little Johnny's sick on Tuesday? I mean, you can't plan these things. They just yeah. happen. You know, oh, your class party is on a Wednesday at 10 a.m. because the school likes to plan them the worst possible time. <laughs> I'm like, why? I mean, as a hygienist and a mom, and I just felt like I missed so much. And temping really kind of gave me back a lot of that. And then as I started to branch out into other things, like into sales and into the social media and temping and all this type of stuff, temping really gave me, um, it still gives me the opportunity to pick up shifts when I want. And right. so now I, I temp one to two days a week of clinical hygiene and I do everything else I do around that. I schedule, I schedule what I, my temping around my life, not the other way around. So if I have an empty day and I want to pick up a shift, great, I pick up a shift. And the level of appreciation you get as a temp, guys, is oh yeah, it's a whole nother level. It's it's amazing. You walk in and they're just so thankful you're there. There is no team drama. I mean, it's just fabulous. And then if it's not like that, you just don't go back. <laughs> yep, yep, because you have the option. And a lot of a lot of dentists really enjoy having a temp service because. Yes. Like with on DM, they take a majority of the business part of the uh, weight away, right? Yes. So you guys yes. are actually employed yes. through on DM, and it yes. makes, so you'll makes it easier, right? And <laughs> you do your work, and yeah, it's great because the dentist doesn't have to worry about all the stress and overhead and liability or anything like that, and then you don't have to worry about all that craziness either. You just go in and you help out for the day, and typically there's a lot less. Um, 
I feel like there's a lot less pressure to compromise your quality of care as a temp simply because you just go in and you do your thing and then you go at the end of the day. (laughs) You don't have time usually for them to sit there and tell you, well, we do it this way and we do this this way and we do that. And we do, you just, they don't care most of the time. You just go in and you do your job and you take care of those patients for the day and then you go home. Yeah. Um, the downside is, you know, you don't get to build as many of those long-term um, relationships with those patients, but the trade-off when you're a mom with a tight schedule really, to me, was well worth it, and that flexibility and freedom really gave me so much opportunity, so I'm very thankful for, for that, and, and dental assistants who can temp are like gold. They are gold. <laughs> I, they really are. Any dentist can tell you, because you got to think about it. If that dentist has you know, $6,000 worth of treatment on the books that day. Even if you can uh, pass a couple instruments and suction, you are their best friend. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Just wiping down a room and turning it over. Well, okay. (laughs) I hate to say this out loud. Don't forget to check out Zen Supplies for all of your ordering needs. Probably don't remember how to do it all. You are I the actually, hybrid though, you know, as far as a dental hygienist who wasn't it a dental yes. assistant. Like I remember yes. I, I've worked for uh, two doctors that uh, had hired hygienists that were previous dental assistants. The, 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 the downside to that is you guys get asked to do way more than your job description. <laughs> Because like, Very oh, you, you have a break in your schedule? Oh, well, come over here. Let's uh, get- Great. Can you make this, a temp? Great. Can you get an impression? Great. Can you Which is great that? if you want your day to go by, but it's horrible if you're trying to catch up on notes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Very true. Oh, it does. Yes. It does keep the day a little more interesting, but it is, um, you know, it is amazing to me. I've actually had offices where I've tempted and they've been short an assistant and I've had a dentist come and ask me, well, how do I use the ultrasonic bath? <laughs> it's like, oh, wow. it's, it's humbling, you know, that they're asking and it's great that they want to know, but it, it just shows that they've always had good assistance, you know, that they've never had to take care of these things themselves. And so having good assistants who can temp, it's amazing. And so having assistants who, who want to step outside of clinical practice, it's a great way to really gain experience because you gain experience exponentially fast. I mean, it's just insane when you're in a variety of practices and speaking, you know, so closely for working firsthand with a dentist, like an assistant does. I mean, you're right there. (laughs) You're not hearing in the morning meeting. You're not talking to them before or after work. You are right there with them all day long. And so you're learning everything right there. And so to be in a variety of practices and learn a variety of uh, materials and methods and, um, you know, thought processes and all that kind of stuff from so many dentists, you gain experience like crazy. Yeah. Every, every provider has something you can learn from, some special pearl. (laughs) <laughs> that you get to carry with you forever. Even, <laughs> even the crabby ones, there is something to be learned there. And it's amazing. They're, they're picky for a reason. What is their reason? Maybe that's their pearl, but there is something to learn from each and every one of them. And so as a dental assistant, if you go and you work in this variety of settings and you gain this, you know, this knowledge and you gain these skills, you're going to be, um, you know, you're going to have this well-versed body of knowledge that would be perfect for speaking or for writing or for teaching or for sales or all these other opportunities or 
um, whatever it may be that you're passionate about or you're interested in. And if you're just working for one practice for four days a week for the rest of your career, that's going to be something that you can get to. It just may take longer. Yeah. And that's why I like the social platforms because we, like you said, just sharing our stories. We have so many more opportunities now than we did 20 years ago. Yes. You know, like this is the way I've always done it. I didn't even know there was a different way. Oh, look at that. Yes. I just said, you did that? What? (laughs) I watched, I watched a video of somebody mixing up out in it in a Ziploc bag and squeezing it out like it was cake icing into a tray. And my mind was blown. I was like, wait, what? Where has this been all my life? <laughs> and it's been those little things. Years. Yeah. I was like, wait, who thought this genius thing up? I need to know right now. And so, <laughs> or these amazing. products, you know, that you didn't even know existed. Right. And you're yes. like, wow, what's that? Luxaglaze? Oh my gosh, it's so shiny. Like I right? spent two minutes trying right? to polish the shit out of that thing. <laughs> and all they did was put a little pumice that, you know, a polishing agent on it. Right. You're two like, wait, later, what? that thing is a mirror. What just <laughs> happened just now? Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And so seeing, you know, people's techniques and people's tips. And I mean, I think that it's amazing what you can what we can accomplish when we all get on there and we really interact and help each other out and, and not eat your own. It's not. Yeah. Yes. It's amazing. Don't don't make people feel bad. They're put anybody who goes on any platform and, 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 and shares their knowledge or their story. They're doing it in the hopes of helping someone. And the minute that you see one of those negative reviews, like, Oh my God, margins are like, Whoa, you know? Yeah. Do that. Don't don't be that don't judge. <laughs> None of us are perfect. Everyone That's knows right. that there's patients that can't swallow their own spit. It's toxic. <laughs> they pull too much. They move too much. They moan too much. Whatever. So no judgment here. It's dentistry. We're in the trenches. Just let's all be supportive. <laughs> yep. Yep. Because we we all have those cases that aren't perfect. But it's like sharing those cases and that knowledge really does bring a lot. And And one thing that is interesting to me, and it's not just in dentistry, but in humans in general, we learn best by teaching other people. So taking your time to teach other people something you've learned, whether they may know it or not, who knows? Some people may already know it, but there is going to be someone out there who can learn from you, whether you just got out of school or whether you've been in dentistry 40 plus years. There is something you have that is unique to you that you have learned that you can share with others, whether it's been your life experiences, whether it's something you've picked up along the way, some little nugget, but everyone has that to share. And so getting people together, letting them share their personal stories and letting them share their personal little pearls, like you call them. I love that. It's, it's really amazing. And so it's something that it's a great way to develop yourself personally and professionally and looking outside the box. You know, there's so many opportunities within our profession and, and even around our profession, as far as integrating with, um, integrating with medical or integrating with sleep centers, or, I mean, there's so much more now in dentistry than there was 20 years ago. We have so, so much opportunity. Yeah, we really do. you know, we can make an, a huge impact. What do you want to develop? And so are you, Look at how are you interested you in, impact. um, are passionate about a certain product? Look into sales for that product. Are you passionate about, 
a certain patient population, work with that population, figure out how to get them better oral health care, um, write about them, speak about them, advocate for them. I mean, there's just so much. And so as far as being a hygienist or an assistant, I do, I love both. I can't say, you know, especially at this point, I can't say that I would choose one or the other at this point in my life. But I will say that if you're thinking about it or you're on the fence about it, look at developing yourself first. Find out what you find really want, right? First, yeah. yeah. Find, what you find really out that passion first. Because if, if your passion falls in line with going to hygiene school, then great, by all means, do it. I mean, I will 100% cheerlead you on from there. And there's a lot of other people that will too. But if it's not what falls in line with your passion, then then don't follow down that rabbit hole just because it, it'll make more money. Because more money is not always going to lead to more success or more happiness. It may be a higher paying job at that time, but it doesn't mean it's best for your career in the long run. Yeah, no, I, I truly, Lindsay, I'm so glad that you are sharing this with us because like we said when we started the show, we have a lot of dental assistants that are either on the fence about going to hygiene school or they think of it as an option, but to be able to see the other side of the coin and make that rounded decision, like what's my end game? What steps do I really need to get there? Um, you know, don't make a financial hasty decision um, when you may yeah. be completely happy with your choice and you have all this debt, so you're kind of locked into it. Exactly. Exactly. It, it can feel like you're trapped. And so, you know, I don't want anyone to ever feel trapped by their profession in dentistry. You know, it's like as an assistant, I know that a lot less assistants feel trapped than hygienists feel trapped just because, um, and even dentists often feel trapped. I know there are several that feel trapped because you have a very, um, high cost to become a dentist or a hygienist, um, obviously higher for dentists. And then with dentists, they have a lot they invest in these practices and they have a lot they invest, um, you know, in their career and to do something different. Well, what, what exactly else can you do with a dental degree? I mean, it's not, it's (laughs) not like you can become a company looking at ready to go. There aren't a lot of other opportunities Um, other than clinical practice with that degree. Now, does that mean that they can't do the exact same formula that I'm talking about here where they develop themselves and do things outside of dentistry? Of course they can still do all that. And there are many dentists that do. They speak, they write, they, um, they, there are dentists that travel around the world and educate other dentists because that's what they found that they can find their niche just like we can. So don't ever let the you know amount of time or the amount of money you've already invested in something stop you from looking at what you're really passionate about and your goals going forward because there's always something more you can learn or give or um, you know develop yourself into. Yep, find your tick or find what makes you tick. I guess probably find yes. your tick is what you do in the summertime. <laughs> <laughs> There might be some of those out there. You know, what's funny is like, I was talking to Jasmine Haley. I'm sure you guys have listened to Beyond the Program. She, uh, she said one day we were on social media. She's like, so I, I'm, or it was somebody else, but she's like, what do you say to a patient when you are temping for their office and they're surprised that their regular hygienist isn't there? And I was like, well, just go funny. Like, just say Brittany's still trying to make bail. So I'm Corey. I'll be cleaning your teeth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh no you know, they're like little things like that 
like how you can break the tension. You know, some people are, it's just like a hygienist to them is like a hairstylist. Like nobody can cut my hair like Lindsay. Nobody. Right. Can't. Nobody, nobody touches the scissors. Period. The end. But there are ways to finesse it too. If you do decide whether you're a dental assistant or hygienist to go to temp, like there's ways to, to make it fun for the patients to, Hey, you get to meet somebody new today. Like, aren't you excited? Like there's, yes. there's other ways, you know, and, 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 and that goes for dentists too. Like if they're on yeah. the fence about hiring temps, like they're worried yes. that the continuity thing, you know, but that with today's ever evolving, uh, industry and, 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 and the way that the millennials are like, it's okay. If some change well, I saw, right now, I saw better than it's ever been. Yes. <laughs> I saw a post just the other day and it was a hygienist and she had posted it and she's like, I'm temping today. I have to do a rest in this afternoon. Help. I've never done it before. And there were people who posted in descriptions and people oh. who posted in videos. I mean, she had, I mean, within 45 minutes, she had like 20 something comments of people helping her out on social media um, walking her through that procedure and she was able to check it, figure it all out. And then wrote back later that afternoon, everything went great. Thanks guys. I mean, uh, so it, you know, it's amazing nowadays where, you know, if you're temping and they've got, let's say they've got a different type of cement than you're used to. And you're like, Oh, okay. I've never mixed this up. What am I doing? Or, um, a different style of polishing or whatever it may be. You just comment on there and people will help you. And that's the amazing part of bringing our community together. We are here to help each other. And so I love that. It's like you said, the millennial generation now with temping, it's like, just jump on there and ask what you need help with and don't be afraid and people will help you. It's great. Yeah. It's, it's a whole new day. That's for sure. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay, for being on the show. I, we truly appreciate hearing your story and, I think you've dropped some serious pearls for our listeners who are either thinking about hygiene school or, you know, just life in general. Where do they see themselves at the end of the day? You know, how do you yes. get from A to B to C without, you know, bypass, you know, you can bypass the hard times. Because now that we have social media and we have all these resources, we don't have to do things the hard way. <laughs> right. You know, before Why? we were blind. Yeah, it's like, Yay. it's all out there. <laughs> it's all out there. Thank you so much for having me. I super appreciate getting to come on here and speak with your audience. You guys are great. I love this podcast. So keep up the awesome work of doing what you do to help out dental assistants. Absolutely. Banding together to be better versions of ourselves tomorrow than we are today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for tuning in to another episode of DA Rockstars. Thank you so much, Lindsay Relief, for coming on the show and being so awesome. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but she was super fun to talk to and listen to. And I just, I love her personality and uh, aligning with people like her that are going to tell you the truth, right? They're going to not sugarcoat anything. Let's put it all out on the table so we can make the most informed decision possible. But until next week, you guys, find your tribe. Dental Assistance Worldwide Group has a safe place on Facebook for dental assistants. Dental Assistance Rock with Julie Varney, Instagram, or the website. And as always, if you, get in, if you need to get a hold of DA Rockstars, you have the Facebook page. You can message through there. But Julie and I and John and Teresa and Nikki and Erica and all of these amazing individuals in the world that are trying to help dental assistants, we're all available and we all want to see this career field just blossom 
And it starts with you, the dental assistant, seeing your full potential and activating, right? <laughs> but until next week, keep on sectioning.